The following talk was given by Bear Gokon Bonabakar at Zen Mountain Monastery. Gokon is a senior monastic and dharma holder in the Mountains and Rivers Order. He serves as director of operations at Zen Mountain Monastery and also helps run the National Buddhist Prison Sangha. This talk, like all of our talks, is given free of charge. If you would like to make a donation or find out more about our various programs, visit us online at zmm.org. Thanks for listening. This is from Master Hongzhu. Empty and desireless, cold and thin, simple and genuine, this is how to strike down and fold up the remaining habits of many lives. When the stains from old habits are exhausted, the original light appears, blazing through your skull, not admitting any other matters. Vast and spacious like sky and water merging during autumn, like snow and moon having the same color. This field is without boundary, beyond direction, magnificently one entity without edge or seam. Further, when you turn within and drop off everything completely, realization occurs. I um, turned to, um, was looking at Hongzhu because um, of the retreat that we had a couple of weeks ago with Guogu, who was a Chan teacher, a translator, a scholar. Most of the residents did the retreat, a lot of you done, did the retreat with Guogu. I found it really helpful, it was really stimulating to hear another voice, a new voice, to hear the perspective. Chan is the origins of Zen. So it's like hearing from the roots, but things have evolved differently, a little bit differently. And the retreat was on silent illumination, which is what we know as shikantaza, which has been my main practice for many years. And it was really helpful to hear directly, um, to have sort of to have that be the focus. Guogu's teacher was Master Sheng Yen, who was a Chinese master who taught in the West, but trained in China and in Taiwan. And so there was a little, I was wondering, you know, feeling a little bit, it was like, there's a, he's a little bit closer to the source. What are we hearing? And one of the questions that came up during the weekend was, what do we maintain from the tradition? What do we adapt? Translates them, says, unpretentious and empty, pure and still, cold and dispassionate, innocent and genuine. This is how to eradicate countless lifetimes of accumulated habit tendencies. The moment habit tendencies and defilements exhaust themselves, intrinsic luminosity will manifest, blazing through your skull. There is this kind of central question in practice of what are we to do with our thoughts and emotions, mental objects, things that we encounter 
in ourselves. How are we to meet them? What are they? What does it mean to practice them? What does it mean to let go? And we find in many places in the teachings instructions to cast, control our mind. Saying that this is how we will experience peace, experience the true nature of mind. Eradicate your habit tendencies and intrinsic luminosity will manifest. Recently I was reading something, a Dharma teaching out loud to show on, and I got to a point where I, it said cut off internal dialogue, and she said, whoop, whoop. I was like, what's going on? I kept reading a little bit. It said something like put an end to grasping, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Control the mind, whoop, whoop. It's like sounding an alarm. There should be a question when we hear these teachings. What do do they mean? What are they actually saying? Is this the whole story? I was thinking about how Shugen Roshi sometimes in talking about a koan, and where the sort of the story in the koan is that a student asks a question, there's a response and the student is awakened. And Shugen is pointing out, but what came before that? that that was just a moment where the years of practice and search and investigation. I wondered if that was, that is also in, could be applied to these teachings of putting down. I think that might be my experience. I was thinking about how Dogen says to study this, the way is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. How long do we study the self before we forget the self? When we do have an experience of forgetting the self, some intimacy, does that mean we're done studying the self? I felt like in Guogu's retreat that there was some emphasis on this side of the teachings, of this traditional teaching, the cold and dispassionate in his translation, on dropping away all of mental fabrication. And he said very directly, well, this is, after all, the Zen tradition, beyond words and letters, beyond mental fabrication. So put it down. This is the teaching. And there were some questions about this. I asked him a question about this. This was one of the things that stirred me up. And I think he knew that he was kind of stirring us up. That was helpful. That was what he was here for, in a sense. And so this is the teaching, and we should be careful What does it actually mean? We see in our own experience, well, can you just put it down? 
Can you just stop having desires? No longer get angry? Stop being distracted? Or we see when someone does seem to do that, right? The danger. You can pass things by. But not really, they're still there. They're still having an effect, they still come out. We're still reacting to them. And reflecting on this, I was thought of the Satipatthana Sutra. There's just right in the beginning of the Buddha's instructions in mindfulness. So his instructions in meditation. He says that a practitioner should abide contemplating the body, ardent, fully aware, and mindful, having put away covetousness and grief for the world. And that's always grabbed me, this putting away, having put away covetousness and grief for the world, having put aside grasping and aversion, wanting and not wanting, having put aside our involvements, How do we do this before we even begin? And yet that's the instruction that we receive. That's what we do in session. That's what the precautions are telling us, are pointing to. That's the not talking, the not looking around, the not checking your phone, the not communicating with outside of session. the just doing what needs to be done, as in putting aside everything that doesn't need to be done. Trusting that the world for this time will take care of itself. And that putting down our involvement allows us a possibility a chance to experience something different, experience a different way. And this is basically the instruction that we get in Zazen. It is good instruction. Bring your awareness to your breath. Let everything else fall away. You can let everything else fall away. Just be aware, just awareness. Everything else can fall away. This is what's been passed down. Teachers, practitioners through time saying, this is what has worked. So we can trust this. And of course, when we sit down, Having put aside, we see what we haven't put aside. We see how we are involved. We see our covetousness and grief for the world. We see our habitual tendencies. 
we may see them more clearly than we usually do. This is also what Sishin offers. And so how do we work with our habit tendencies, with these attachments, with our covetousness and grief for the world? There are a lot of teachings about this. In a sense, the whole of the teachings are about this, are about attachment and liberating attachment. Dogen says, don't give things too much weight, don't ignore them. That kind of epitomizes it. All of the teachings about the hindrances, the paramitas, the precepts. And still sometimes there's a sense that the teachings don't address this, don't sort of say it. How am I supposed to work with my emotions, with my difficult emotions, with my habit tendencies, the things that come up over and over again that are deep? And I was wondering if this is, you know, we sometimes talk about this like that, well, there isn't much instruction in meditation. Why is that? Is it that you just, because you kind of have to find your own way? It's hard to talk about. Nobody can tell you how to do it. It's like we can talk about letting go. It may be helpful to talk about letting go, to try and talk about it. And nobody can tell you how to let go. We have to find that in our own mind, our own experience. With the Buddha and all the teachers since reported back from their own experience. The Buddha came back and he said, I am the awakened one, I have awakened, I'm free, and so you can be free. I know that, because it's the same mind. And we're different. We have different karma, different experiences. And so what you're working with, nobody else has worked with. There are times I've realized that my teachers haven't experienced my particular form of suffering, my particular way of creating suffering for myself. But that doesn't mean that they can't help, haven't helped immensely. They still know that things are workable, that karma can be resolved.
Zazen, when we allow it to, can reveal all of ourselves to ourselves. So right from the beginning, working with the concentration practice with the breath, bringing our awareness as best we can to our breath, and then seeing everything else that arises that is not our breath. We get to see that. We get to see that self, that karmic self, that created self that we live in. I've been thinking about how that just continues. If we allow ourselves to be vulnerable to ourselves, allow ourselves to continue to feel into what we're feeling, into what we're experiencing. The subtlety of our feelings and desires, our reactions. And that always the teachings can help us to understand what we're experiencing. In a way very simple that that everything is like or dislike. We're always doing that, always wanting more of something and not wanting it, trying to get away from discomfort or trying to get something to stay that's pleasurable, that's comfortable. And so we're always reacting. It's helpful to know what we're reacting to, what's happening, to look at that. I was thinking, you know, there's sometimes when I, when it is clear, this morning I've been having all kinds of uncomfortable feelings. And I pretty much know it's because I had a talk to give. And other times, I don't know. I may know that I'm feeling something, or sometimes I just, like I see the symptom. Right? I see, oh, I'm going back to something in my mind, to some old friend, and wonder, like, what, what's happening? Why am I turning, what am I turning away from? What is it, is there some discomfort that I'm trying to cover over. For so long, working with desires, anger, distraction, just working with that, right? That's all you can see. That's the practice. That is what's in front of you. That's the barrier there. How to let it go, how to loosen it. How to not struggle. 
when I've been having this question, how about when I can't see that? Or how would, what is it going on down in there? Because I can know that there is something. If I see that I'm turning in a way, away in a particular way, in a familiar way, then I know that's what's happening. I can trust that, even if I can, can't see what I'm really thinking, feeling. And sometimes it's helpful to listen more carefully to see if I can see what it is. There's also just loosening the grasping, not knowing what it is. Dukkha is subtle and deep. Guagu talked about feeling tones underlying feeling tones, subtle, deep, in the body, listening in the body. I think this is where there is confusion, where we are confused, where we get confused. Because we're reacting to the feelings that we have, whether we know that or not, whether we feel what we're reacting to or not, are aware of it or not. And then the reaction may be confusing. There is, this is this like subtle samsaric circle. We're reacting to something confused by that. Maybe that itself is painful or leads to pain. How do I get away from that? I was thinking about how Chugun Roshi sometimes says that we all come to practice a little numb. Not in contact, not feeling, not connected to ourselves. That for some of that for some of us that's that's that we're tense, we're tight. We're distracted, we're anxious, we're angry, angry with ourselves. Just different ways of not being in contact. And so there's a way in which that's all okay. That's just human. We don't need to fight with it or cut it off, try to get rid of it. It's what we have to work with. From my working with, particularly with self-criticism, which was such an important part of, which really was just what I was doing for many years of practice, what I try to share, what I feel like I learned from that, was the importance just of seeing, to see what's happening. 
to see what we're creating. When it's happening, when you can see it, to really look then, to really look there. What's happening? What are you creating? Can you see that you're creating? Be hard to see that. That can be a turning point. To really get to know what's happening and know, get familiar. To be gentle and practice being gentle. Learn how to be gentle. As you see what you're creating, for me there was a question, do I actually, as I started to see that, do I want to let it go? Do you want to let it go? Risk a different way, try a different way. Dogen says not to give things too much weight and not to ignore them. Zazen instructions. We say don't push away anything, don't repress, and don't fuel. Practice that. And the Shikantaza instruction that I received, this was of a central part of that. Don't do anything, don't push away, don't grasp. When things arise, don't get involved. What does it mean to not do anything? To not get involved? And so we see all what that means. We see all the ways, subtle and not so, that we get involved, that we are doing. There's a story about my friend Paul from middle school. I tried telling this once before and it didn't go over well, very well, but it keeps coming up for me. <laughs> I think it kind of fits here. We were playing dodgeball. The boys used to go out and like stand in front of this wall and play dodgeball. Someone would throw a tennis ball. And um, Paul and I were pretty good at it. We weren't like good at, so like, we weren't like the cool, good athletes, but sometimes we were pretty good at dodgeball. But the memory that just that, that comes up, um, this time I, I think Paul, Paul was winning. He was the last person there. And you know, I just remember him standing there loosely, 
his hands up, with this big smile on his face. He was just relaxed and smiling, waiting. Right? The ball was coming. And that's, 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 how, that's, what, that's why he was good at dodgeball. It's because he was relaxed, right? I'm slowing things down. You can see the ball coming if you slow things down and just move, not get involved, let it pass. When it hits you, it doesn't hurt that much, actually. He was just very alive standing there. How do we learn that we're okay? That just as we are, we're okay. That things are workable. I've also been thinking about Daido's, Daido Roshi's teachings on Shikantaza that he gave me. Um, some of what Gwogu talked about made me think of it and sort of compare. But Dada used to say that it's like a deer in the forest that's heard something and their ears are up, but their tail hasn't gone up yet. They're not afraid. I stopped last week encountering a few deer on the way down the hill and just looked at that. They saw me, they heard me, their ears were up. It's like their ears are looking, listening. Their big dark eyes and nostrils. but relaxed, no expectation, not knowing, just completely, completely listening, looking, awake. And so, not doing anything. What does it mean to not do anything? How can complete awareness be not doing anything? And the kind of trap of this teaching, it sounds like don't do, it says don't do anything. But there's a, so then what is, where is the place for effort? How is it that we're not just drifting? One of the things that Gwogu suggested that I thought was helpful, he was talking particularly about working with sleep, 
is saying, so halfway through the period to kind of consciously check in, what's happening? Are you asleep? Because that's one of the things that can happen with shikantas in particular. And he asked the assembly, how many of you know that that is a habit? (coughs) And with honesty, quite a few people raised their hands. How do we turn that, not cultivate that? I think that's not so much my bent, but I've been checking in, am I aware? Or am I drifting quietly in thinking? Am I thinking? Am I involved? Maybe thinking about what I'm doing, thinking about practice, which can be very seductive, kind of slippery. That's still involved thinking. There is a danger in shikatas in not, in not seeing. Thinking that the non-doing is dullness, it's just quiet. Should see what's happening. Working with the body has been very helpful for me. And this is something that Guogu offered as well. I found this many years ago in a book by Master Sheng Yen, who said to be, to feel, feel the body, feel the whole body. So starting a period by feeling the whole body. Can you feel your whole body at once? Every part of your body? There is an energy and awareness throughout the body. And Gogo is offering this as kind of a, a method, right? To return to the body. Let there be awareness in the body. Grounded in the body. Master Sheng Yen's instruction is first feel the whole body and then do shikantaza. Right? So you're not directing your awareness, it's just awareness. Recently I've been sort of going back and working with the breath sometimes and appreciating how it makes it very clear. You're with the breath or you're not with the breath. That's what it's offering. Sometimes it's not so clear. In another passage, Hongshu invites us to 
sit in the circle of wonder. I've sometimes felt like awareness is like filling the jar. It's like filling the jar with awareness. Can there there be wonder from within that? And Grogu was offering that as well. He calls it wonderment. Kind of another helpful. So it is it is alive with wonder. To be very interested in this very subtle, very subtle. But not expecting, not wanting. So I hope some of this may be helpful as we continue in this session. We appreciate the mystery of our lives. We can allow this practice to Help us enter that, the mystery of our lives. And may we appreciate that we have a path and teachers and fellow travelers May we use this time well. Thank you for listening. To find out more about ZMM's programs, retreats and residency, please visit us online at zmm.org.